Hello, Vantbox TV watchers. I'm John Clay. Here we are once again to have Nuance talk about various different subjects underneath an umbrella title, which I'll get to in a moment. If you're watching this via YouTube, you're watching the full version, please press like, hit subscribe, that would be nice. We are subject driven, and so we're not going to spend ages going through the whole panel. They'll introduce themselves as time goes on, and you'll find out more about them when we hit the end of this video. Today's subject is how do bands survive during the pandemic? And I'm gonna ask you to really consider this first question. Um, is there any particular social concern that you believe bands cannot afford to ignore sidestep going forward? Is it possible to be silent about social issues when audience members are tasked with living through them? I'll put that to Leah because uh, that was the question that we had last time that we didn't actually you know, get covered. And Leah really wanted to say something about it. So, <laughs> Leah, the time is yours, the opportunity not. Oh God, with, that, with a lead in like that, I'm definitely going to underperform. So <laughs> brilliant. Um, but yeah, I feel like with, there's a very, like this question is very multifaceted in that because the way I understood it initially was um, what kind of obligation do, would bands have in terms of, you know, like being vocal in the context of COVID specifically, which... I mean, in terms of like public health and safety type of thing, we've all been, you know, kind of bludgeoned to death with the wearing a mask and goodness knows. And at this point, I think people who, who've listened, who are going to listen to that already have, and those who aren't, um, oh God. Um, but yeah, I do think in the most broad topic that I feel like bands sort of, or rather it would do well if bands were collectively vocal about or really just sort of um, the fact that we have a right to, you know, to, to exist within even a COVID society where it feels like we're being boiled down to the most essential jobs and such. And this obviously ties in as well to um, everyone that, you know, like even the non-directly musician creative staff, you know, like from the touring crews, the sound engineers, people who put on shows, you know, everyone, everyone. And like, because, I mean, we all remember the thing with the Fatimads about the, about retraining and everything, which granted, I believe that ad did not actually come out last year, but it does sort of re reinforce this repeated idea that um, I feel anyway, that the way we're being treated as a non-essential industry and, and even the Brexit thing ties in as well, which it doesn't really tie directly to COVID, but they're very much walking hand in hand with the current situation like and the the fact that it kind of looks like, you know, we can't do things now. And in the time that it's taken, you know, for COVID to take it to, to do its thing, which has already been, you know, a year in now, Brexit's also coming and we're going to have a hard time, you know, like trying to do anything outside the UK and vice versa. So it's a double whammy for, for uh, creatives and not a good time at all. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really do feel like um, there is a sense of obligation in really just sort of vocalizing how important we are, especially I, th I feel like in a U as a UK industry, music is such a big thing for, I mean, it's 
very much why me and two of my bandmates moved here for the music industry um because it's so you know it's um yeah and it it just feels like at this point any you know we're stuck collectively like i said in the last um talk it's the most unifying thing i think creatives are dealing with right now but um i just feel like it's the we're just fighting for our right to uh, exist as a viable occupation at this point so yeah yeah very comprehensive does anyone have anything to add to that or should we just all go home (laughs) 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 well actually we're already home you know what i'm saying (laughs) stop the video just be really fine but yeah anyone else well no 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 oliver i'm gonna let you go go ahead (laughs) okay thank you very much um i was going to say um it's interesting we were talking about I don't want to use the B word. I think it can completely sidetrack into another conversation. But it is fascinating that literally earlier today, I was having a conversation with someone um, about the rest of the year and, and what, what's your schedule like for the rest of the year? And I was like, well, you know, normally I'd say, you know, July, August, we're looking at festival season and, and maybe on to the end of summer. And uh, But I don't think that's going to happen. And I was like, look, I can't guarantee there won't be any tours, but I guarantee you there won't be any in Europe. And they're like, oh, don't worry, everyone will be vaccinated soon. And I'm like... No, that's not the problem. <laughs> um, things like carne and having to pay tax ahead of time and things like that. Yeah, th- I mean, that's weighing really heavily on me now. I'm just thinking when all this ends, they, then will we then come back to that problem? You know, will, will anyone step in and represent the inevitable problems that we get after the pandemic? And maybe is it going to take a backseat for two, three years while they figure out the problem at hand? I, I don't know. It's kind of a scary thought, really considering how much touring normally I would have done in, in Europe, in the EU particularly. Sure. Anyone else? Um, I'm just going to talk about the, the situation, which is which is really depressing. Um, I'm going to... I'm sorry, is it Leah or Leah? Lee? Lee? Any, any pronunciation is fine. <laughs> um, Lizzie. Sleazy, 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 great, I love it, it's fantastic, total trash glam pop name. Um, uh, now, sidetrack there for a second, we're in the entertainment industry, we're all suffering, it's not just music, it's like theater, everything, we are like totally screwed. I mean, first the pandemic comes along and everything's been shut. I haven't worked, right? Who's who's done anything since March? I had one job, it was canceled in December. That was it. <laughs> that was that was my only DJ day um, after, the pan, after the lockdown. And then it's kind of like the, ne- the next stage of that is Brexit. Hooray, let's totally crush the industry. There's so, there's so many um, articles about how, you know, People are petitioning the, the government to say, Jesus Christ, bring back that thing that was on the table with the EU. Give us 90 days. I mean, it was pretty Patel. I can't stand that woman um, who basically was afraid of immigrants coming in. And that's why we the, the music industry will not be able to tour, tour in Europe at all. And, there, and we're going to be like 
burdened with tons and tons and tons of like, I don't know, visa this, equipment that, blah, blah, blah. This is super, super important. This is the death of our industry. You know, England, this is one of the best things. You know, it's not like we grow grapes, right? Okay. Fairhead English wine, it's like fucking shit, right? You know what's good here? The fucking music, man. It's the music that makes it. You know, some of the best music, probably because the weather is so bad and you can't grow grapes. Maybe that's why the music's so good. I haven't thought about, that. you know, Joy Division. Couldn't have happened in the sunny hills of Italy. No, 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 no. Is it a dank, dour Northern England? Gives you this kind of thing. And, and the weather is like, yeah, you gotta make music because it's not like you can go outside that often. Um, but this is our biggest export. This is, we, we bring tons and tons and tons of money into the UK, okay? Because like the UK is now a service industry country, right? We, we don't make stuff. And we provide one of the most biggest and importantest services there is. Music, man, music. So I'm outraged. Yeah, sorry, Oliver, I was on a rant. That's really outraged. No, no, that's cool. Does I anyone else have anything to add that hasn't, you know, spoken yet? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's more than industry, it's, it's soft power. Uh, you know, one of the reasons England is, uh, the Britain, uh, Great Britain is, is, is popular and also is, it's got massive uh, soft power, is also music. I know it sounds strange, but culture is extremely important. And uh, you can lose culture. I mean, I, come, you know, I'm, I was born in Milan in Italy and, you know, Milan was it, you know, La Scala, the theater, opera. Uh, if you wanted to sort of like make it in music, you had to speak in Italian. Otherwise, you were buggered, you know, like you had to compose in Italian. And all that is gone. It's disappeared. There's nothing left. Yes, of course. I mean, there is sort of like a niche for connoisseur of opera and everything. But it's got nothing to do with popular music. Uh, who thought that? I mean, it seems like it would have been impossible and it did happen. Uh, so this is the things that worries me more about, uh, you know, about, um, about Brexit, because that's what's going to happen is that uh, England sort of like slowly, slowly, decade after decade, loses that kind of sort of like cultural, cultural space and therefore soft power and so on. Also, there are also the other dynamics that uh, um, we need to sort of like add on is in the last 10 years, we had for the first time genre that were only um, internet related. So entire genre that are, you know, I'm thinking of, uh, uh, obviously, Vaporwave, but also, uh, what is the, um, Steampunk, uh, something like that, yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they're a genre, you know, and, uh, you know, kids are on it and everything, you know, and so we're going to have more and more music, which is related to other factors rather than being English or American and so on. And, uh, and it's, I think it's, it's very important that we understand that uh, after all that, everything is going to be different completely. Okay. Uh, you know, um, Spotify is slowly sinking into our, uh, into our, into the way we make music, you know, um, Spotify is mood related rather than genre related. Uh, all these things now we, you know, we can say, oh, whatever, you know, bullshit and everything, but they'll, they'll, they'll change things. Maybe not to us, but, you know, we have to think about music in five years, 10 years and so on. So this is what uh, I think is going to be around the corner. And uh, whether uh, we like it or not, if we don't understand it, 
you know, even if you want to fight, it doesn't matter what your opinion is about all these particular things like internet-based new genre, Spotify, post-Brexit, uh, England losing soft power and so on. All these things, you have to know them. If you don't know them, you're out. And when you say that, when you say you don't know them, are you referring to bands? I'm referring to understanding how music is, is going to change and what's happening around, you know? Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong in sticking to like, uh, you know, like into the sort of like that particular mind frame, which uh, you could have had 10 years ago. There's nothing wrong with it. Actually, it could be actually sort of like to your advantage, but you've got to know where you are in comparison to a world that is changing at the speed of light. Indeed. Um, you had your hand up, Isabella, just before Alfredo was speaking, so I'll let you go oh, next. Oh, sorry, I've... No, no, you it's were okay. fine. <laughs> no, you were very civil. I'm, I'm enjoying this group of people. It's good. Continue, Isabella. No, that's fine. Um, I just want to add, uh, or maybe just uh, say something else about what uh, Leah was saying. I mean, the, the COVID actually uh, revealed, I think, a bit of truth that here in the UK, like Alfredo was saying, and Ola was saying, and Oliver as well, it's just so, I mean, music has a very, very important uh, role in everybody's lives, but uh, the government and maybe the, the audience as well, is not really aware of, of the importance. I mean, when, when they lost it completely, I mean, we were shocked. They were a, a little bit upset, at least the audience, like, oh, I really miss shows and all this stuff. But I think we, we should, like, uh, when we come back, we should, like, uh, actually show the audience how important it is for them to have music in their lives and how it is important for us as a profession, because it's not only profession, but it's a passion. So we're not losing only, like, uh, I don't know, going to the office or going to work or meet our colleagues. It's actually, you know, being a musician is being an artist as well. And working with musicians, like I work with musicians, is like, it's, um, it's something more than a profession. So I think we should underline this because it was shocking for me that everybody was like, oh yeah, you guys are just like musicians, you're hippies or a bunch of, uh, I don't know, people privileged. What, what shocked me is like, oh, you're so privileged to be a musician. Hold on. I spent loads of money to educate myself, to uh, in equipment as well. I worked like hours for free. And what I wanted to say as well, that is uh, the profession of musician is not regulated by any working rights, it seems. So that's why we, with the union, we're doing something about it. We want, uh, for example, for our specific category, which is live events workers, to have some rights written down because when, when we lost our jobs, uh, so the fact that we didn't have any, any rights, let's say they're working rights as workers, it really showed up and it's tragic, I guess. Okay. Um, we've got two more people in the room that have yet to say anything before you wish to speak. I'm just gonna reiterate the questions so we can remain focused on what it's saying here. Um, is there any particular social concern that you believe bands cannot afford to ignore or sidestep going forward? Is it possible to be silent about social issues when audience members are tasked with living through them? Um, John, I'm, I'm sorry, I've got one thing I wanna add and then I wanna to add to your question. Um, how 
does this show that only people like Elton John are going to be able to make a living, I think, in the future? You know, like I'm worried about small to medium sized bands and how this has impacted them with the Brexit touring. Because Elton John can tour no matter what, he'll figure it out. You know what I mean? But like, is this situation showing us the inequality? I mean, we have an inequality in society, but is this going to affect the small and the medium bands and, and our life here in England as a result of this, you know, as a result of COVID double whammy Brexit kind of thing? Do you um, know what I mean? Because I have um, plans to do a video specifically about that. So if you don't mind, We'll definitely oh, okay. we'll tackle the shit out of that. Um, I do want to hear from people who haven't had a chance to talk yet, who've been patiently waiting, um, maybe too patient. <laughs> do you have anything to say? If not, it's fine. I can just uh, move on. Uh, I completely agreed with what Isabella was saying, um, 100%. I think when it comes to the main question about things that bands should be held accountable for when it comes to talking about these different sort of socio-political subjects. I think that's great. I think absolutely, if you've got a platform and you've got something you want to talk about, you can raise some awareness, then you should do. Um, I think that can only be a good thing. However, I do think we need to be wary of giving people kind of tick box criteria uh, to cover, because I think it can lead to a level of performatism. Like it's excellent that people want to talk about all of this stuff, like what issues those might be. Um, but it's also important to focus on turning those things into a reality. Like it's no good posting about equality and then embarking on a European tour with an all white male support band joining you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, to link it into like very current affairs, you know, Marilyn Manson's label of management dropped him and was celebrated for sacking him off after abuse allegations. But what, we didn't think that they were complicit before they weren't they they didn't out him themselves they just yeah. the they know once it was already done by the women who came forward um it wasn't hiding these things aren't hiding it was in complete plain sight so we need to be careful when making demands for pull quotes i think um and we need to start thinking about what we can do outside of just what we post on social media um and also not just questioning the people who are just kind of using the tools at their disposal to kind of get by, but actually just challenging the real structural powers that are in place that lead to minorities being treated this way in the first place. Um, you know, if you're in a band, you can ask your booker for equal splits. You can make yourself, like align yourself with the proper lineups. You can pay your collaborators properly and make sure there's diversity there and that it's fair. And you can do your research with the, uh, into the people that you work with across the board to create more opportunities. And you can campaign and you can play for different kind of awareness raising events and charities and stuff like that. You can, you can, you know, join the Labour Party, you know? Uh, there's lots of things that you can do in very real life, which isn't just about um, bringing up these subjects and posting about them. Even though I do think that's vital and we should be opening up these discussions. Um, I think the other stuff is infinitely more important than just the vocalization of them. Well said. Um, I definitely was part of that whole kind of big storm last year of being very pissed off about certain things that weren't being addressed. And yes, they can breed a performative atmosphere. Um, but more than anything, I felt that it was important to at least put it out there that 
your voice regarding certain issues that are happening around you might be informed once you do obviously have a certain amount of education that you put into what you're doing um, because then obviously you'll have a more, much more stronger um, ability to critique what's going on but yeah the performative aspect can easily become uh, an issue of in itself um, I do want us to go on to the next subject unless at least you have anything to say on that particular last subgenre subject thing things that I was going to say were uh, have already been said then that's fine um, I'm going to ask this next question now um, does anyone have any commentary on DJs, photographers, video makers, sound engineers, promoters, and other people that are part of grassroots music survival um, criterion? Um, we've got a number of those people in the room now. So it's a, an opportunity to talk about what you've been through regarding this pandemic and how you've had to adapt to it in some, some places. You've actually had to transform completely what you're doing. Uh, well, yes, I've, I've taken care of a sort of like a big network of, uh, of DJs that used to do sort of like live events and so on. And, um, and uh, they specifically basically moved to, to streaming. And it's quite interesting, you know, how um, everything is changing. The whole industry is changing now. Everybody talks about Twitch, uh, um, Restream, and uh, you can monetize and everything. Of course, it sounds a bit like a sort of like a waiting game, you know, until things uh, go back. But, uh, you know, they try to associate it with productions and everything, trying to basically um, um, increase their, uh, their, um, their fan base. That's the only game left at the moment in terms of, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's a moment where you know either you you sit idle or you try to expand your kind of like marketing reach and so on uh, with tools and everything, understanding what's more what works best online and everything. There's, that's it. Obviously, in a way, for the DJs, it's kind of uh, sort of like more natural, maybe. You know, we've you know the streaming are really booming, and but you know, of course. We're not talking about money and everything, but for example, Mixcloud now I've got as a, um, a monetary system. So basically they are going into the live, uh, live streaming and uh, you can actually get, get not only paid, but all the music that you play gets paid. It's all automatic, engineered and so on. So that's what's happening, you know. But uh, obviously, uh, DJs, and I'm talking about mainly electronic music, they kind of already have an affinity to everything that is digital, that is online, that is technical and everything that's already halfway there, if you know what I mean. I, I, I wouldn't know uh, so much about other kind of, but I think, um, um, who is on Mixcloud? Uh, Josh, you're on Mixcloud, are you? With, uh... I'm all over Mixcloud. It's my favorite place to be. Exactly. So, uh, so now you can go live, and the artists that you play get paid. Uh, you can have a sort of like, uh, you know, Mixcloud live. Soundcloud will do the same very, very soon, and so on. So, in a way, for DJs, there's a bit more of a solution. Maybe they're not economic solution. Maybe they're marketing solution. But there is a very, very quick um, sort of like. Uh, development that's it that's all i know and i'm gonna slowly disappear because i've got to go through 
<laughs> you did this last time, like some kind of cyber ninja. No, 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 no. no. Last time is it? different. Last time is different. I'm really struggling with Wi-Fi in this room, uh, and I don't know why because uh, normally it works. So last time was the same situation, and I'm banned from the other rooms. So. Wow. Okay. Well, that just sounds like a whole other world we won't go into. Um, does anyone have anything to say about my last question? Um, I just want to address what Alfredo said, because I think it's that I think that electronic DJs will have a better time, but I'm a rock DJ. I've, I didn't, I've not moved on to streaming. My, my work, I can't go that way. I don't think I could possibly ask people for donations and it's not uh, no, the no, kind no. of people... Well, you can, you absolutely can. The question is that these areas, you know, I was talking about last time, you know, uh, at the last, um, uh, at the last um, uh, show, uh, is there is, we're talking about there are tens of thousands of teenagers on TikTok that are obsessed with post-punk, right? The point is that if you're not interested to see what they're doing, how they communicate, that's fine. It's your choice. But you can. It's just a different way to communicate. No, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not that way. I'm not tech savvy, right? I'm not, I, I did one Zoom thing and it was an absolute disaster. And I just, I don't feel comfortable going, I'm going to be online to my Facebook friends. And I mean, I'm not on TikTok. I'm, I, I've, I've heard about Twitch and I'm thinking about it. Yeah. But like, you know, I mean, I've, I've just, I've retreated. I've gone back from my live work and I'm just in the rate, I'm just doing the radio show. I'm just producing audio content. I'm also very bad at video. I don't, I'm just not, you know, I know how to do um, audio, but when it comes to video, I'm just. It's, it's so gone. Communication, I mean, see like mega. Alfredo, I can't hear you. You're breaking up. What? Say that again. Hello? Oh, he did say he disappeared. Yeah, I, I did. Like some weird cyber ninja. He's evacuated <laughs> the planet. Um, maybe he'll return. Who knows? It's a whole adventure waiting to be continued. Does anyone have anything to say regarding the last question? And um, indeed, what Oda was saying. I was going to suggest um, that, I mean, an interesting thing that's happened because Alfredo was saying about um, Mixcloud and, and where SoundCloud is going. And the one interesting thing relating to Ola here is that um, this whole process is in tech from the tech side has really separated, you know, it's stratified people massively. Um, myself, I'm lucky enough to be quite tech savvy. I try and keep ahead of these things. It's, it's my job, obviously. When you work as a recording engineer, you pick things up as you go along. But for instance, this week, you know, challenge this week has been to figure out how to live stream a gig through OBS, which is something I've personally never done. And thankfully, one of my bandmates um, took that stress off me while I was having a nervous breakdown about doing the sound engineering. Um, and that's, but the funny thing is, even though that was a giant pain in pretty much every way, I think that was a 13 hour day for an hour's performance. Um, in doing that, I think we made more money off of pre-sales, pre-saves and Patreon than we've done out of almost any actual live gig which is quite surprising i guess if people are already sat in front of the internet you know if they're already sat in front of a computer watching it seems they're quite happy to spin over onto some way of monetizing what you do which is great um, on the other hand 
in moving in the opposite direction as a recording engineer. Um, I tend, I try to do as much of my work grassroots as I can. Um, I tend to work with people in a situation where maybe they wouldn't be able to afford studio time in studios that they would want to go to. And we make the best of it. You know, I've got places where it's like, okay, look, you've got this much budget. Let's go do the drums in a real nice room. But then we can spend as many days as you want doing vocals. I've got a vocal booth in my house. We can just come do that. You know, we can figure, we can do things, a little shoestring to work around the edges because I would rather do it that way. But now where I've got housemates, you know, I've got the neighborhood watch, the curtain twitches, everyone, I can't bring people to my house. I can't bring people to, um, you know, the, some of the places that I would have used that are a little bit off the radar in order to save costs, which means then then I'm sort of saying to clients, look, um, if you stand with your back towards your open cupboard <laughs> and you buy this, 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 and this, you can record your own vocals and send it to me, at which point 50% of people go, oh my God, no, like, no, that's what I'm paying you for. And so it's funny, like it's in some ways, the bands who are really on it tech wise, my life has become 10 times easier. The people, the artists who aren't on it tech wise, they've just disappeared, you know, like they've literally just disappeared out of my, out of my books and I have to actively chase them sometimes. So. Oh, Ollie, like I can relate to an extent for what you're saying in regards to what I do or rather what I did, because um, I can't really do music videos anymore. Though I did see um, that a really good friend of mine called Stacey Picard from the band Hot Gothic is doing what I'm doing myself now, which is to orchestrate video recordings of bands via Zoom sessions. Like you can get the band to understand the lighting and whatnot, depending on what the concept is. Um, like right now I'm working with a band called Stash Magnetic. It's the second video we're doing together. Whereas I'm basically becoming a bit of a tutor when it comes to how they're actually recording themselves um, and using all sorts of stencils and lighting and lots of makeshift stuff. But I mean, that and editing jobs is stuff that I had to really use to get through this time simply because as you said, like there's a certain practical issue that comes into regard when you can't actually, you can't really promise proper social distancing you know I always feel that not always but I've been feeling of late that essentially everything we've been told to do by the government we've had to kind of interpret in our own way and some people are interpreting it maybe in the way that isn't particularly safe because how can it be policed you know so yeah I've certainly spent more time on the Musicians Producers Guild website this year than all other years combined looking at various guidelines and do's and don'ts and what's allowed and what's not because of that, so uh, yeah. John, I wanted to say, um, music videos. I uh, while it, while I was in lockdown, you remember, you know that band, you know the, you know these guys, Table Scraps. Yay! Yeah. So did you see the? I they sent me a song, a COVID song, and I liked it, and I played it because most of the COVID songs that were sent to me in the radio station were shit. It was depressing, <laughs> but this one was like a rock and roll song. I want to stay home with you. It was brilliant, right? And I don't know if you you should have a look at the video because I think you might find it interesting because they, it. you see it, yeah, right? It's like all their mates did a, a bit of dancing to the song. And I think they sang a bit as well. And they had all these great bands, like little video Zooms of them. Like, I don't have a camera. Was it Los Bichos maybe or... LA Witch or I can't there was a bunch of like really great bands that table table scraps knows the fucking best bands a lot of those bands I play on my show I was like ah, ah I was like that in the video and that was like a great video 
and it was all done. That's why I brought it up. Um, the idea of me actually directing through that way is that at some point, and I'm guessing you guys have already reached that conclusion, but I'll say it. There's only so much bands can do using, um, say, even just like the pandemic as a as a reasoning to make videos in the way they did. Like I've seen a band um, like Table Scraps live and I love what they do. And I'm sure them having their own kind of history regarding making their own videos is quite relevant to now, but how many videos like that can a band do? Do you know what I mean? At some point you're gonna need someone who understands that craft to do it. Or, I mean, bands can obviously do this by themselves. And there's been some incredibly creative stuff out there, but there's also been a noticeable dearth because it's not necessarily their craft. Um, yeah i think maybe it might be prevalent to to ask josh's opinion on his own experience of being a promoter um, and also because if it wasn't for josh, josh i wouldn't have even seen table scraps so thank you again <laughs> yeah no worries um i i love that table scraps video so much that i'm in it oh you're um, in it i'm sorry i didn't i didn't i, I don't remember you being there. sorry um, <laughs> um no, that's really important when it comes to these kind of discussions just to do exactly what john was just talking about which is playing to your strengths like not everyone has access to gear not everyone has all the time not everyone is tech savvy as um uh, as you guys were also saying um and so rather than saying like oh well how do you like survive a pandemic as an artist i think we maybe need to put a little bit less pressure on people when it comes to this stuff and just do what comes naturally to you and at the end of the day we're all going to be in the same boat at the other end of it because we're all going to be in the same venues a little bit rustier and a little bit more socially awkward you know um we just need to kind of keep our heads together um for now and develop ways that we can kind of keep things ticking along um at the end of the day getting yourself out in one piece is the most important thing that you can do um but on the side of that you can you can utilize social media in, in certain ways um, if, if you're a, if you're a sort of bedroom DJ or a bedroom guitarist, you can video those. If, uh, if you've not really had the, um, uh, you, the inspiration to make your own music or what have you, then you can, and you've just been listening to other people's music, you can make playlists or you can, you know, curate mixes or, or what have you. Now with social media, you can just be asking your fans questions and, and, uh, asking what's in, like inspiring them at this time. Or you can just share things from other artists, you know, if other people are being, you know, um, creating a lot of content all the time, you can just shine a light on what they're doing. It creates a little bit of a community aspect to it, you know, for, for the record label, it really did, because we were obviously very live um, event focused too. And we can't release any physicals right now because we're not going to sell them without, without um, touring. Um, we just kind of had to rely on what we knew outside of that and, and all we really knew outside of that was just doing a little bit of stuff on on the digital and we do the radio show because we like listening to music and we like the sign of our own voices um yeah it's just it's just about like um taking what you know taking what you're good at trying to convert that into something remember that it's qu uh, quality over quantity and not to overdo it on social media because it can be a very um mentally fatiguing place um and just not be putting putting these artists and these promoters and stuff under under too much pressure to be growing their audiences and be coming up with the next amazing live event because at the end of the day you know you're only going to be able to do as as best as you can in these kind of situations um 
that being said, I think it's great that people are able to do, do those things. And our eyes have been opened to all kinds of new um, ways of reaching people. You know, it's not like before every show was always full to the rafters. You know, it's great that people who previously couldn't get to those shows can have this whole new medium available to them. People with disabilities or people who have family commitments or, or just geographically can't make gigs. You know, now, now there's this whole new world that's been opened up really and and in the same way that you guys are talking about how you make videos um uh, applying these rules uh, in, in a way that we hadn't really considered before so i think that on the on the back end of this yeah it'd be great to get back out there but we can kind of learn from the skills that we've had to develop during these lockdowns sure um i'm keen to know from isabella and elise or either or like what has your experience of um well, being a sound engineer taught you um, about maybe maybe something you could tell other people who are in that position about how they've actually been um, maybe given an, an obstruction like say COVID and how maybe they you worked through it. Do you want to go? Uh, I'll go first for a second, and I I leave Elise like talk because I talked before. Just want to say that you know all this kind of new DIY um, approach to making music and to actually do a live stream before live streaming was just like for broadcasting for us you know when you for the first time I heard I mean I of course uh, I know what live streaming was but uh, it was so, so far remote from my experience like as a live sound engineer and actually there's a lot of competition because you know, live streaming is now is now more important, of course, of live music. So it was kind of a for for all the live sound or live events workers like uh, we're watching a live streaming. Like, okay, uh, this is not going well for us. Uh, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna win. Uh, but now, actually, after the, the first panic, um, I'm really fascinated by all the live stream uh, process, and I learned from a lot of bands, for example, how to live stream, like. Uh, Oliver was saying, you know, they're teaching OBS to me and stuff like that. Um, I think that uh, at a, a grassroots uh, level, it will work like you guys are saying. So uh, it will create a lot more um, sense of community, maybe, because you have the um, the possibility to, to do a, con a live concert and then maybe a live streaming for people that cannot, you know, come to the concert because, you know, fans uh, in Japan, for example. So you, you, for a band, it would be, I think, really good from a promotion kind of uh, point of view. What I'm scared about is about the, uh, the higher level, like uh, Live Nation and all these kind of big uh, uh, companies that I don't know how they will exploit the situation. I'm, I'm afraid that they'll find a way to I don't know, to change the approach and to create a new standard. Um, so I'm, I'm a big, I'm really fascinated by it, but I'm, I'm a bit concerned at the, at the same time. Sure, sure. Um, the one word that seems to come up from all of you is the word community. Um, in our last discussion, our, one of our questions was, is there a higher sense of community within grassroots circles? And if so, does anyone think it will survive once live music returns in its past form? You know, will it deplete? Will it continue to grow? Anybody's thoughts before we uh, start to wrap up? Um, I'm, 
it's really difficult to say that. I mean, because we're going to have to depend on our community to survive Brexit, to survive COVID, to 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 put on gigs and and you know how many venues are going to be left when things reopen. How will we be able to tour? You know, so I'm I'm wondering if if maybe the community there's there's scope for the community to remain connected because we're going to need each other to get through more crises. We're not it's not over yet. We're not over COVID yet, and we're not over Brexit and all the challenges that that this poses when venues reopen. A lot of places are aren't, aren't going to reopen. You know, or they're going to, or there's going to be less ability to play for free like there, there was. You, you know, I'm, a, I'm afraid of, of that after lockdown finally eases up. And I think we're going to need each other. I think Alfredo is back. Hello. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Hello. Um, I'm kind of interested in the idea that my question is basically quite leading. I'm saying, is there a higher sense of community within grassroots circles? And if so, would it survive or grow once live music returns in its past form? Can we use online like circles as a particular barometer? Is that unfair? Anyone? I do think that consumer um, tendencies will change forever. Um, what I kind of hope is that after this, there is a, 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 a more, um, understanding of what is essential and what isn't essential. And I think really a really big um, help when it came to lockdown in this respect was Bandcamp Friday. I think making sure that the money went to the artists directly was not just a great idea in a business sense, but I think it really changed people's perceptions. And that's across the board as well when it comes to essential workers. I hope um, that's, that's, you know, best case scenario. I think also what will actually happen is that people will kind of settle into their own natural routines a few months after the um, lockdowns lift as is, um, especially after they've noticed they've maybe got new routines and they've been able to save a little bit of cash by staying at home. I just hope that what happens is that the cash they do spend goes directly to artists or promoters um, rather than what we had before, because like what you say, when it comes to um, larger conglomerates exploiting bands like Live Nation and what have you, um, this was happening before the pandemic and this was happening before Brexit. Bands have not been making a lot of money at grassroots levels, neither have promoters or DJs. It's barely a living. I found it quite funny when they were talking about retraining. What, like we weren't all working day jobs anyway? What, like we hadn't already trained for however long we had to train for to get to where we are now as is? Uh, you know, it's not like this, is, this isn't what I do full time. It's a hobby. Um, and so... Uh, I, what what I hope is that those those perceptions have changed for the good, and we'll have to see how that trans, uh, transpires when we get there. Really, um, it's it's, it, it, but I I believe it. Sure, sure. Uh, yes, I think uh, that's exactly what's going to happen, Josh. Uh, there's sort of like the, the technology is gonna sort of like give us more and more and more tools to cut out the middleman basically uh, in, in many ways. It's, it's already happening, it's gonna happen more and more and more, you know, uh, absolutely. Also because um, obviously internet works on, on, on demand, you know, people want something, people make, make it happen very quick. <laughs> 
and uh, uh, it's all about uh, sort of like embracing new tools and everything and, and, and moving forward in that direction. But absolutely, I think it's going to happen more and more and more. Uh, you, what, you, you, what you said about Bandcamp, these kind of experiments are, are there to say. I completely agree with you. Uh, it's, it's, and it's great. I mean, it's, uh, there is, um, obviously it's not going to come for free, you know, it's going to sort of like come for a little investment maybe in yourself. And um, but it's 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 gonna be it's 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 gonna be affordable. That's a beautiful thing, you know. It's like on one side, it's true that you know things like Spotify and everything give shit to artists and everything. But let's face it. I mean, to build up sort of like a, a an amazing uh, marketing machine nowadays costs peanuts, you know. So it's it's all relative. Okay. Um... We are at that point where time is against us. So what I'm gonna suggest is, I'm gonna suggest that basically if everyone wants to basically sign off with um, maybe an anecdote or a little piece of advice if they wanna give anything or, and they can talk about what it is they do once they're, you know, not talking to me in a Zoom meeting. <laughs> so we'll basically take it from the top. Ollie, what are you doing when you're not normally like, you know, hanging out here? What do you do? <laughs> Um, well, when I'm not normally hanging out here, I'm normally a music producer and a recording engineer and a musician. Um, and the one thing I think the takeaway from this whole conversation, just to keep it brief, is, as we we're saying, this is a point of tumultuous change. And throughout history, tumultuous change has always led to things being different. And at this point, we run into a point where either we let conglomerates take over things using technology to their advantage, or we work together as a group with our united abilities and and helping each other out maybe not for monetary gain but just for the greater good to maybe point things in a new direction which would be really really good a sort of clement attlee of music if you will um moving on indeed thank you ollie isabella when you're not talking to me and hang out with ollie what do you do well i at the moment i just go for walks very long walks so it, it makes you know my life easier because i don't have any job I, I volunteer sometimes for food banks or drop-ins. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this time it was really useful for me to think about lots of things and how to organize the union a bit more. And I totally agree with, with Oliver. It is like so right. We have to come out this all together and try not to uh, forget what, what we went through because we went through it together. So, I mean, uh, support each other and support the community, especially the grassroots. We can be like a real pain in the ass for, for the big companies. So let's keep it well. Indeed, great stuff, great stuff. Josh Cooper, once again, nice to talk to you. Very salient comments, particularly regarding pressure from insider band mentality and maybe just like easing off of that. What do you do when you're not hanging out with myself, Isabella and Oliver? I put too much pressure on myself. <laughs> it all becomes very clear now <laughs> um, so yeah i i, I, uh, I have roadkill records um with a couple of other guys um we've been releasing digital uh singles in this time we've been very lucky that a few of our artists have been able to continue to record at home studios not everybody has been able to do that um so we kind of also help out like co-managing them my day job I work as a music PR for One Little Independent Records and then also I do like a monthly 
radio show as well where we talk to new bands which has to me actually been a real life saver being able to continue talking to people in this time especially outside of the old way where we were just sort of in beer gardens like in between sound checks actually it's been a really nice time where we probably have had more connectivity than we did before so hopefully I think that my takeaway from this is kind of just to keep that going and kind of hold on to what we've what we've learned in this time and and yeah obviously what everybody else has said here has been spot on um I'll be taking all that away with me oh thank you Josh Ola when you're not hanging out with myself Josh Isabella and Ollie what do you do well, I uh, host a radio show and I've been doing it for ever, 2007, and that's my passion. Finding independent music, sniffing it out, like, you know, like those pigs that look for truffles? That's me. Um, <laughs> sniffing out independent alternative stuff and bringing it to the people. And, and actually, this is my day job. I, I am a DJ. This is all I do. This is, I don't have anything else that I do when I'm not DJing at venues. And this is my passion. This is my life's work. And I'm with Ollie on this too. We, we have to survive this and we have to preserve this amazing UK music industry. We have to, I mean, it's not just UK, it's Europe wide. We have to stick together. I, you know, this whole Brexit Europe thing is crap, but every all performers need to stick together. Let's hold hands and survive this. <laughs> well said. Thank you, Lola. Ow, my favorite internet ninja. What are you up to when you're not hanging out with me, Ola, Josh, Ollie, and um, Isabella? <laughs> what do you uh, do? <laughs> Dog, top dog. <laughs> 90% of my life is taken by this new dog we have. <laughs> Second level, it's uh, youth marketing strategies and then uh, making my own music. But dog at the top. <laughs> to cover, basically, is like it. That's it. Okay. Do you take anything from today that you want to share? Um, yes, of course. I've, I, I take away sort of like something that I was waiting to see for the last five years. Uh, kind of like a sense of community. I think it's uh, sometimes it needs a shock, you know, to sort of like trying to to find out, you know, what, what you can do together and, and so on. I know that, that that's already happened in terms of sort of like live music and everything, but uh, it feels like um, specifically alternative music now is taking sort of like a wider look at what's going on and I think it's very healthy within obviously the, the drama of, uh, of, uh, of uh, COVID and, and Brexit you know that's that's I think it's positive and I, I can see that I mean it's like it's really really good. Indeed there will be a link to your public pressure blog in the uh, description box of this video as well as well idents and whatnot for other people who've spoken. Leah how are you? You've been waiting for some because you actually began this video. <laughs> we haven't spoken to you since. What yeah. do you do when you're not hanging out with myself? And let's just say others, because I can't do the roll call anymore. It's a horrible <laughs> game that I'm playing on myself. <laughs> well, I think in the first question, I did enough talking to cover the whole session's worth. So we're good on that front. Um, <laughs> as far, anyways, all together, um, when I'm not here, 
I um I am a programmer by day. So shattering the illusion, I also have a day job. Um <laughs> from last week, especially because um, anyways, um a lot of band-related hustling as of late because we're working on just trying to keep the everything going. Um a lot of video games. I have a Switch now. I played a lot of Animal Crossing over the last couple months. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I guess my my nugget of wisdom ties in a lot to what everyone else is saying, but basically do what you can to sort of, I guess, give and take from the situation. Give in the sense of, you know, support creators whose work you like. It doesn't necessarily have to be in a financial sense, you know, even if, it, because we're all broke here, you know, um, we're all dealing with the same COVID situation. Um, so, you know, like, even if it means just, you know, like putting another view on a YouTube video or leaving an encouraging comment on something there, it could make all the difference, who knows. Um and in terms of taking, it's more of a, um, as a creator, don't let your spark, I guess, go. not don't you know, let your spark go out, but like, even if you're not creating in the moment, or if you have a long span where you're having a hard time, it doesn't mean that your drive is gone. You've still got it in you. It just needs a bit of a break. Oh, that's so yeah. good. That's so good. Thank you. Um, Elise, how are you? Oh, you're a bit quiet. I think the I'm quiet. Hello. There, you, Hello? there you go. There you go. Have you there taken you anything away from this particular talk that you want to share with others? Well, um, it's just how the industry is kind of adaptable, but we need to really work on it, especially afterwards, because we have all all of these new challenges and new things to sort of you know, deal with. And yeah, a lot of um, grassroots places and people who work grassroots places will be having a hard time for a long time, but um, hopefully we'll pull through. Indeed. And Indeed. Uh, yeah, unionize. <laughs> exactly union knows i like it that's that's a good place to leave it i think thank you for watching thank you for talking thank you for listening um i'm thinking that in the future i might have less people in rooms from now on because this has been very daunting for me i'm quite a shy individual i don't think people will ever believe me when i say that let alone um really understand it but yeah this has been great i hope you see us next friday for another Vampbox video have a good day thanks john Take care. Take care. Thank you. Toodles.